Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great healthcare. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is 7.35 a.m. September 13th, and it's a Broncos lost Tuesday. Uh, I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, for these morning shows for Broncos for Breakfast, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. You know, I like I've said before, it's it's overreacting season. You're just hoping yeah. you're not the, the ones that are going to overreact in a negative way, and I see a lot of that going on. Um, you know, we may not be the football priest, but you know, we're kind of level, you know, we're not quite as emotional, but that's what the gut reaction podcast is for us to get that out, get it vented. Now let's break it down and look at it. You know, what went wrong? What went right? Where do we go from here? Is there any hope? All those kind of things. So I'm looking forward to digging in Nick's. We haven't talked at all, obviously. So I'm interested in getting your takes and some of the things that you saw in the game. Uh, being there live, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be a fun show. And, uh, yeah. you know, frankly, FC Donnelly nails the whole thing. We can do all of this stuff. We can talk about X's, O's, play calls, 64-yard field goals, fourth and fives, fumbles in the end zone. But really what it all boils down to, it's all Nick's fault. I have a pair of four-leaf clover boxers. I'm going to get you a pair. I'm not going to say I'm going to send you mine. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of which, might be a good time for our first read. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, gosh. <laughs> um, I'm going to get you a pair of four-leaf clover boxers. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm 0-8 in uh, attending Broncos games live, Broncos country, but uh, I am uh, analytical enough to not believe in things like that. It's just uh, bad luck. I really need just like a gimme game. I need to go see, you know, um, Denver versus the Jets or something like that, where it's like, okay, this is essentially an exhibition. The Houston um, Texans at home after yeah. a loss. Yeah, no, something like that. Uh, schedule that one out for next year or something. But yeah, no, a uh, little rough. Let's say hello to some people in here coming in. Luke Reich, morning, Nick and Scott. Tough morning. Broncos beat themselves last night. Credit to the Seahawks, too. They did not beat themselves. Um, so that's sometimes all it takes. Kevin Gray, uh, that shows me the importance of preseason football. Uh, hi there, Nick and Scott. Broncos country, very disappointed. D-line wasn't good luck. Let's ride. Uh, we'll get into the offense and the defense, and we'll also I, – I don't even know if we're going to be able to get to everything uh, tonight, but uh, that's why we have so many shows. Um, <laughs> Jeremy coming in saying we could overcome r- rust, penalties, fumbles, missed tackles, coaching mistakes. Couldn't overcome the Kendall in the stands jinx. <sighs> Ain't that the truth. Um, Big E, I don't put that on Russell Wilson, that loss. I don't put it on the coaching staff, the blindfolds, no lack of execution inside the red zone. I mean – there are many things that we can blame, including Nick Kendall. I blame Nick Kendall. He, uh, his presence at games is a kiss of death. Presence, seriously, yeah. 
Um, I hope the Broncos coaches learn from how Carroll had his team ready. Let's get ready for the next one. Uh, Archie Dragon coming in. I was impressed with how prepared the Broncos were to decommit drive extending penalties and fumble the ball inside the red zone. Yeah, that was uh, not great. Um, not great. Jay coming in. I stayed past work in the tutoring center just to see that. Sometimes it's going to be like that. Um, it's good to yeah. see you, Jay. It's been a little while. Yeah, yeah it has. Uh, we got Manuel coming in. Wilson did a great job. It was a coach that messed up. Players messed up too, um, but uh, we'll get into it. Um, we got Abraham. We got Clee coming in. Abraham Lucas looked like a Pro Bowl rookie. Where was Nick Benito? I did not see Nick Benito on the field once. I'm sure he was, but I did see even Aaron Patrick on the field. So is Nick Benito the was he even active? I mean, that's a, that's an honest to god question. Was he, he was even not active? inactive. He was not inactive. The surprise yeah. inactive for me was it was a uh, was a Now I can't say it right. All of a sudden, uh, was was that guy? Was yeah. uh, was Emmy was Wazarike. Some I've said it right for six months, and now all of a sudden I'm choking on this thing. I feel like Nathaniel Hackett on fourth and five. Oh, we're Ouch. in the red zone. Oh, um, too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Not too soon. We'll we'll get into it. We got a joking about stuff like that as a coping mechanism. Um, so it's <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, Chase Wellner can't help but wonder if preseason would have helped. Maybe um, we'll never know. It's in the past now. It's in the history books. Dave Glassman. No, it would be easy to blame Hackett, but I personally blame Nick. See, I love this. Blame me. Um, because then it's a little bit easier to move on from the loss. I think, uh, Dr. Van Nostrand saying big slice of humble pie for breakfast this morning. Yeah. And I, most of the Seattle fans, I got to say being there live, um, were obviously cheering against Russ booing and whatnot, but they were not like rude to Bronco fans in the stands that I witnessed. So that was good because you never know about that. Although the chance of Geno Smith are going to haunt me, uh, taco tater coming in saying make Melvin Gordon, the third and Williams walk around all week with footballs in their hands. Those two fumbles is what cost the game. They definitely did not help. Um, <laughs> I think that's a uh, pretty easy to say. And um, we got yeah. DeHine coming in saying we get the Kendall curse trending. Uh, yep, absolutely. Am let me, I? Yeah, let me hit that one. The, the super real quick. Cause you know, I said overreact and people are overreacting to me already saying overreact. This is what I'm talking about. Um, is it wrong to be done with this coaching staff already? Cause that was terrible. That's an overreaction. Whether you want to say it or not, it was terrible. There were a lot of mistakes in there, but you're not going to throw out your coaching staff after one game. Uh, that That is an overreaction. If it becomes a trend, then it's worrisome naturally. Um, but this was one game. So uh, that part is a, uh, that part, you know, calling for your coaching staff's head is an overreaction. Calling some of the decisions they made mind-numbingly bad is not an overreaction. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. Call this what it was. Uh, a breakdown on multiple levels that has to be fixed, and there are several of them that we'll get into, including personnel decisions from the very beginning, frankly. Yeah. No, it's a lot to get into. Broncos got a lot to clean up. Speaking of cleaning up, football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes, like the beautiful balls all over the field. Oh, I hate that. I should have. We're back to seeing the Broncos quarterbacks sling some beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long with Manscaped state-of-the-art technology. We'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West football. Maybe rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping by using our code MHH. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscaped's pocket rockets the platinum package at quarterback the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer a wily vet who makes sure that the unit is running smooth and scoring non-stop with the proprietary advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball plus it's waterproof so the weather conditions are no issue at running back the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer built to 
bust through all the right holes. God bless a hairless nostril just to helps it keep a nose from the end zone. So yeah, obviously I always like to talk about the, um, the crop mop, love that backpacking, cleaning myself up. I like to do a hike and go to a brewery afterwards, not getting a shower before that. So crop mop can help with that kind of thing. Yeah, this has got to be a Super Bowl winning roster, but don't take our word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code MHH. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code MHH. Uh, Manscaped, for becoming an MVP. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, moving forward. Uh, Tom coming in here saying the two and three round picks did really good last night. A linebacker on OL looked like it needed last night. Lucas and the linebacker from Wyoming would have helped us last night. Uh, honestly, I couldn't really tell in the game. You probably had a better view than I did of this with, uh, cause I, when you're at the game where I was sitting, you have a better overarching view of like the structure of the scheme and the back end and the big plays with the offensive line. It's pretty hard for me to get an idea. How did Cam Fleming look? At uh, right Cam was it Fleming bad? did okay. It okay. wasn't bad where, where they got in trouble with, uh, with pressure for the most part was on stunts. Mm-hmm. So there were stunts coming in and the communication between, Quinn Miners going out and Glasgow coming in and Lloyd Cushenberry on one side. Dalton Reisner, I don't think was very good. I'll be interested no. to see what PFF says because, you know, I, I say we use those as a grain of salt, but my eye test from the games I watched before, PFF was pretty damn spot on. So it's yeah. like whoever is grading Falcon Saints, good job. You did a really good job. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it feels because I thought Dar- Dalton Reisner had a pretty poor game overall at left guard. I thought Cushenberry was solid on what was in front of him, but I thought him and Glasgow had trouble picking up stunts and the communication from handing one guy off to the next. And I thought Glasgow in space on those screen plays that they kept trying to run on kickouts, I thought he was a liability. As far as right tackle and left tackle, I thought they held their own just fine. Yeah, I th- did look like Garrett Bowles got away with a few holds. I can't even remember very many holds. There was a, there was a big play that went where where Bowles had a choke a hold on a on okay. a player. It may have been Judy's touchdown too. I think <clears throat> wow. was that one where I was like, "Good lord, there's a hold." Yeah. And then uh, you know Jerry gets it and shows a gear I hadn't seen him have before. You know he put a little yeah. he broke a tackle and then put a little hesitation move on and just accelerated by uh, the, yeah. the safety that was that was chasing. I was like, "Wow." That's the Jerry Judy we've been talking about. Yeah, he uh, he definitely moved well out there. Not as many explosive plays as you'd hope uh, for the Broncos offense. A lot of it was, you know, dump offs behind the line of scrimmage, which I guess credit to Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. That's been one of the big complaints with him in his career. Uh, so we'll far. show you. Yeah, I we'll mean, use the tight end by God. We'll throw over the middle of the field by it God. It wasn't over the middle of the field though. It was outside the hash marks. A lot of it. I like I looked at the heat map. The heat map is exactly the same as last year. He just actually was taking the check marks, checkdowns. <laughs> so, um, Coach Chris, twenty dollars, flashing orange. God, we love you. Um, saying uh, in football, one opponent you never want to lose to is yourself, and we did just that. So many questions. As a diehard fan, it looks similar to the results we had with Fangio and the plethora of quarterbacks we've had since twenty fifteen. I would not say that the results looked similar to 2015 because the Broncos were moving the ball. The Broncos, I mean, all the pretty much all the stats uh, point to the Broncos being the more impressive team in this game, but they lost it because, like you said, they beat themselves. So mm-hmm. I would not say that it looks like 2015. And a lot of the mistakes that happened, these are correctable things. So maybe putting a little bit of a positive spin on that, but it's not like we are at such a talent disadvantage that there's no way out. These are things that you can correct and be better on. Well, and like Coach Chris says, you know, you may disagree with the the, the latter, but the former, we're all we all agree yeah. with. You know, yeah. in football, one opponent you never want to lose to is yourself. Now, 
credit to Geno Smith and DK Metcalf, Metcalf is a freaking beast. I mean, he, you know, we've said a zillion times, Nick, one of my biases is a big receiver. That's why. I mean, that's why you get a DK Metcalf on a, on a heater. I don't care who's covering him. He's uncoverable. If you can get the ball into the right spot, he's going to catch it because he is big. Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar raisers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great health care. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. Bigger and stronger. It's just, like I said, we're all biased. That's one of mine. Give me a good DK Metcalf uh, over a, a smaller a smaller type yeah. receiver. He was really good. So, Coach Chris, I, I agree with you. It was self-inflicted wounds and we didn't end up reading that one um but before we get back to that one that you just took off the screen oh you want to get back um, to the 20 dollars one sorry um no you had you had another one uh but i do want to say hello because we passed over our silent one jacob foster is here now i can't find him there he is jacob foster coming in jacob coming in with some good looking stars getting us kicked off on facebook so appreciate that jacob uh appreciate that as always and i think it was jace was the one that we missed okay uh, uh jace. jace says we moved the ball great just didn't cap it on red zone but still clueless on why we pay 240 million dollars and don't go for that on fourth and five i mean i thought i was being punked i at the stadium <laughs> all the broncos fans are looking around at each other like the clock's got to be wrong there's got to be like no time left they don't can't do anything like they must have there's an error in the clock or like we're miscalculating how far it is because they're kicking it on the other side of the logo here. And then he went for it and unsurprisingly uh, misses it. I think there's only been one 64 yard field goal kicked in NFL history. <laughs> there may be more now. It's not an unmakeable kick, but it's one in 10 in those situations. Maybe. Oh, I would have to imagine it's less than that. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times it'd probably even be blocked because of the trajectory you have to. Right. Which happened to with Falcon Saints, Young Way Crew. Yeah. They got a they got a shot at a 65 yarder blocked. Yeah. You know, you got you can't you got to line like drive said, it. Your launch angle has to be lower to get that type of distance. And I saw last year Nathaniel Hackett said it was four and six. The field said it was four and five. Regardless, whatever. Uh, if it, unless it was fourth and sixteen. Yeah. I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going for it there and. It, I don't know. Again, it's a it's a chicken sh- sh- mentality bleep, bleep, to yeah. even say 
well, you know, I didn't want to risk it to Russ and have him walk out of there with an incompletion and, you know, put that on his shoulders. And, you know, he's a 33-year-old nine-time pro bowler. You know, you're, he'll be all right. He left Seattle that's, to be given the opportunity in those moments. That was That's why you got him. That's why you got him. To take the ball out of his hands in that situation was a mistake. It was a, yeah. it was a big mistake. Yes, it was. Uh, I'm still dumbfounded about by it. Uh, just leave, I just remember leaving the stadium. God, the ramps out outside the Seahawks stadium have to have the lowest grade ever because I swear I walked back and forth like 30 times uh, to get out of there. Like, what happened? How did that happen? Like, what are they, what were they doing? What were they thinking? Um, I don't get it. Uh, Lil Yell coming in here. No overreactions here. Everything outside of Russ and the wide receiver was awful. Okay, well... <laughs> I think I enjoy that. Um, but he says from the defense coaching to offensive line, top it off with the worst decision in the regular season history. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I'm getting tired. And this is, Oh, what was me? But I'm really getting tired of my teams being clowned uh, because I have the Iowa Hawkeye offense on one side being the laughing stock of college football right now. And now I got Nathaniel Hackett's game time decisions. And it wasn't just, you know, the 64 hours of clock management, how many delay of games, three or four Awful. delay of games. Now, that was the worst of it. I, I understand. Okay. In the moment I make the wrong decision. That's a flash thing. Yeah. Okay. But to continually run the clock down to one second, zero seconds, or worse, delay a game, excuse me, delay a game, delay a game, the, the, the offensive line was never set properly because they're always like, okay, are we going? We're late. You know, we're now we're rushed. And the last thing you want to do on offense, it's okay to be fast, to play fast, but you don't want to be hurried. You know, you want to put that fear in the defense, get them on the back foot. You know, when I'm when I'm snapping the ball and I'm on my back foot because I'm not sure what's happening. Well, you see what happens. You see what happens. You get Javante Williams getting hit in the backfield on a, on a goal line run because you've let the clock man, take a time out there. You know, most of the time I'll say it's better to just take a delay a game or, you know, take a five yard penalty. It's first and 10 at the 40. No, no, no. Right there. Take a damn time out and get your together. Yeah. That's that part's as frustrating to me as anything. If, I mean, that's. That was a continual, continual problem. You know, you make a mistake. All right. You fumble when you got hit in the backfield. That happens. Um, you're stopped on fourth down. Now, my question on this, Nick, going back to decision making, uh, who's in at right tackle? Cam Fleming. Cam Fleming. Okay. Yeah. What choice is he so far? And we're only in week one. If we go to July and say, where is he on the pecking order? He's fourth. He's fourth. Yeah. He's fourth. Fourth, we're already to our fourth right tackle in week one. Who is at right guard? Uh, Graham Glasgow, backup. Okay, why? Because he had Quinn Miner's injury. So I'm on my second string right guard. I'm on my fourth string right tackle. And on goal line situations, I'm running right tackle? Explain that to me like I'm a six-year-old. That's, that's poor. That's yeah. poor. That has to get better. To say that's an overreaction, no, folks. Get mad about that stuff. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's un that's irritating. Yep. That's that's mind-numbing. It's got to get yeah. better. Okay? It's got to yep. get better. It is week one. If, if, if it becomes a pattern, we got a problem. We yeah. do. We got a big problem. That was one game that <laughs> somehow you still should have won the damn thing. Yeah. Um, Did everything you but, could lose. Uh, despite all of the self-inflicted wounds. 
Yeah, Chief. Oh, uh, this is a, we haven't gotten this one yet. From okay. oops, sorry, I'm oh, my hands are off the wheel. Woo. Uh, Chief Pig Belly coming in saying rough game. Remember, it's just week one. Lots of wacky things happen. Not an excuse, but there is time to improve. Let's ride. There is a lot of room to improve. I mean, let's just go over some of the stats here. Uh, the Broncos. I mean, so many things point to the Broncos should have won this game. They gave it away. They didn't win. That's what matters at the end of the day. There's no style points like in college football, but uh, passing third downs, 13 to nine, rushing first downs, five to three. Uh, third down efficiency, eight for 15 to six to 11. Total play is 64 to 49. Total yards, 433 to 253. Yards per play, 6.8 to 5.2. Passing yards, 330 to 177. Yards per attempt, 7.5 to 5.9. Uh, you had rushing yards, 103 to 76. Turnovers, uh, two to one. Turnovers, two to one. Penalties, 12 for 106 yards. And, and most of those in the first half. Yeah. You know, oh, it was God. the penalties that killed you in the first half. Yeah. Um, the penalties killed you in the first half, and then the two turnovers in the second half. Game, set, match. Yeah. You know, that was that was it. At least game. We still have set and match to go on a 17-game season. Yeah. Yep, game on that one. Chase Wellness, and I felt like every play was nearly a delay a game. Every play? Yeah. Why? Yep. I, I Why? don't know. I mean, as a fan, you know, I mean, you're trying to take the 12th out of it. And as a fan, when you see that clock running down, the the volume goes up, you know, quick snaps yeah. help to do that. The fever pitch starts to grow as that clock runs down. And as a fan, it's one of the few sports where really you can impact the game. You know, as fans, we like to think, you know, stop talking bad about the team. You're going to hurt them. It's like, no, you're not. Shut up. I don't want a defender of the program in here at a game, football noise. Yeah, it matters. You run that clock yeah. down in those crucial situations they kept showing on the on the on the broadcast, Nick, the decibel meter. Yeah, just keeps rising. Close. It's it's a it's an inverse relationship. The less time, the more noise. You're playing yeah. right into their hands, man. Yeah, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Let's ride. I saw Mark Schrader was in the house here. Mark saying I heard some people saying PS2 didn't have a good game. I think he did a good job. DK only had seven catches on thirty six yards. Uh, I definitely tweeted out that DK was beaten up. Sutton. I just feel like. Every time it was going to DK, which was not a high volume, Sutton didn't really make a play on it. Now, um, going back and thinking about this some more, um, I think the the first half, the Broncos came out like you'd hoped, honestly, probably. Um, really, really, really conservative on the back end of the defense. And it meant that Geno Smith could just simply dink and dunk down the field. One incompletion in the first half. Um, I mean, Broncos keeping stuff in front of them, but broken plays on the back end, miscommunication, Alex Singleton, is who he thought he was and uh, getting some touchdowns to the tight ends. Uh, Jonas Griffith, Kareem Jackson looked old out there, man. He looked old um, in the first half credit to the defense. Uh, they clean, clean things up, made some adjustments in the second half, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, choking up. Um, not, not good enough in the first half. Uh, no doubt. And my big fear coming into this game is if the Seahawks get an early touchdown, uh, this game could get pretty interesting pretty quickly. And first drive, Broken play guy wide open touchdown seven to zero first drive. I mean, yeah, yeah. That said, though, I watched that play again. You know, we talk about being conservative on that. Alex Singleton had a free shot and and whiffed. It yeah. was they brought pressure. Yep. Singleton came free right up and the gut. Gino ducked under him. Yep. Goes over the top and instead of a sack and a punt, yeah. who's open? The tight end. Who's usually wide. on around near those tight ends? Yeah. linebackers well yeah. we sent the inside linebacker after you and you didn't get him so yeah. you took that risk and instead of a punt it was a touchdown big play 
instead of putting the pressure on, we talked about this before the game, Nick, uh, the day before on prediction, you know, what do you do if you win the toss? Well, the worst thing that happened was you gave them and you let Gino get comfortable. You know, you would have been better off with your first drive and kicking a field goal and making them play from behind. He played with a lead. He got comfortable. He got heated up and he played with a lead the whole game, the yep. whole game at home. Ah, it's a strange cloud saying we started two and three with Peyton chills guys, long season ahead. Absolutely a long season ahead. The one thing that I do not like about the talking about the early Peyton years or just the Peyton years in general, compared to Russell Wilson, a Russell Wilson's a very good quarterback. He is not Peyton Manning. Um, I think that's unfair to put that on him. Uh, B the AFC West was garbage. Uh, when Peyton Manning was in Denver, I think you have the chiefs had the number one overall pick the year prior or the first year of Denver, uh, Peyton's reign in Denver, Raiders were a laughing stock and chargers were just, you know, I think maybe they made the playoffs one of those years, but AFC West right now, man, you, you cannot drop games like this uh, and expect to make the playoffs this year, given how tough your schedule is going to be. I mean, join planet fitness today and get more epic energy and better sleep with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs. Join for $1 down $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The three best quarterbacks that played football this week, two of them reside in the AFC West and the other one's in the AFC East. So uh, unfortunate on that regard, but uh, long season ahead. And again, you're right, Strange Clouds. A um, couple positives here. A lot of self-inflicted wounds in this one. Those are going to be easy to cl clean up. It's not like you are just getting your butt served to you uh, <laughs> because you don't have the talent. You don't have the guys. You had the talent out there. You just made mistakes. And you know, credit to the Seahawks because they made less mistakes. That sometimes is all it takes to win these football games, believe me, I know as an Iowa fan seeing that time and time again, we're way less talented, but we made less mistakes and we won the game. Uh, number two, big positive takeaway, and I want to hammer this one home. Broncos come out of this game, as far as I can tell, with no serious injuries. Uh, we'll you see hamstrings. I don't like minors. hamstrings. Quinn yeah. Miners on a hammy. Yep, uh, that's the one. Um, but it's not a knee injury. It's not a an Achilles. It's nothing like that. I mean, Jamal Adams out for the season. Broncos come out of this game. Mm -hmm. If you're losing Quinn Miners, that's rough. Um, no doubt. You still have Graham Glasgow out there, who's not great, especially. God, you hit it on here. Moving was glacial pace uh, out there in space. I mean, it's just it's unfortunate uh, in that one. But um, that's I think that's an also a big positive. We did not really have a huge. Uh, injury that occurred in this game. So Broncos come out of this one relatively unscathed. Well, we mentioned your your bad jinxing, and uh, you need a gimme. And I made reference to you know the Houston Texans at home. I think the Broncos are a ten point favorite early right now, uh, which is also <clears throat> a good time to uh, to look at my bookie 
you know, from the, the Chargers and Chiefs battles on AFC West battle on Thursday night to Monday night doubleheader with Tennessee at Buffalo and Minnesota at Philly. Be prepared for your winning season at my bookie. Like I said, 10 points in the neighborhood of, uh, of the favorite for against the Texans at home. They're going to be a little mad, clean that stuff up, favorable crowd. Uh, some like to bet and earn. Some like to bet and make the season more exciting. Either way, my bookie gives you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick and easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account instantly. And you can use your funds to bet on as many games, contests, as props as you want. To claim your bonus, register today and use promo code Wilson22 designed to add more excitement to the games and sports you love. That's promo code Wilson22 to double your money up to a thousand bucks. Check the description on this show on YouTube and on the podcast if you're listening after, and you will find my bookie. It's only week two of the NFL season, which means there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. Don't miss out. Begin your winning season today exclusively at my bookie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good job, Scott. All of these reads today, but we're getting into it. Gary Leeds Palmer. Coming in here saying, hi, Nick and Scott, I'm disappointed, but not throwing out the baby with the bathwater just yet. They will get better. Go Broncos. And luckily, the Broncos have a few games coming up here where they should have a chance to look good. And I'm excited to see what uh, what the team looks like week two when they have this game to, to stew on them a little bit. I guess a disappointment in this one is, unfortunately, the Broncos have one less day to prepare. And this one's going to leave a, be a good thing. Could yeah, be a I good mean, thing. That could be a good thing mentally. You know, like yeah. you said, they're healthy coming out. You're about Mostly, as healthy, you know. Like- yeah, you'd like to have maybe a little bit more time to get Billy Turner back out there. Is is Billy Turner a real person? I've seen I've him. Never in actually real life. seen him. He's, re- he's real. Okay, he is. Billy okay. play. I, I feel like he's you know the Sasquatch that's coming in to play right tackle, the Loch Ness monster. I, I'm not positive he exists. I'm, I'm teasing, obviously. Um, but this one, put it away. You know the the short week I think will help. They want to get this. They want to get back out on the field and redeem themselves. They want to get back out there and, and get the questions behind them. And let's turn and focus quickly on Houston. I think a short week is a good thing for this team this week coming off of that instead of having 10 days to stew on it. That said, you know, I wouldn't want to be going to LA this week with 10 days coming, them coming off an embarrassing loss, but Wyatt Horning comes in with some stars. He says, morning gents, Nick, what a week. First our Hawks, then our Broncos. Wasn't overly impressed with coaching. Hackett had a lot of questionable calls, a lot. Um, Evero's defense looked porous till the second half, no clock awareness, just rough all around. That was a big one for me. It was the clock awareness. And um, again, I thought Evero's defense adjusted well. There were penalties that were extending drives. There was a missed, I mean, a gimme, free shot uh, that would have ended that first play at a touchdown. Yeah. That game's different. Singleton makes that play. Uh, the the game's different. It's a punt. You get the ball at 0-0 instead of a big play, and now Gino's got some confidence. Momentum is a real thing. It's it's crazy how that works, but the momentum and mental aspect of the game is is huge at this level. Yeah. So that was a big play that was missed and, and one that you know we didn't talk about last night. And there it was, right out the beginning. Appreciate yeah. you, Wyatt. Yeah, thank you so much, Wyatt. And I'm going to be old curmudgeon here for a second. Um, but when you have six inches to gain and you're running from shotgun with like not a delayed handoff, but just how, how long it, it is takes. A delay, though. It's almost a read option. Yes. You know, it, 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 and it, I hate it. It's like I they're coming at you like they're trying to block a punt. You don't have time to read an option. You go. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I agree with you. Oh my God. I was absolutely losing my freaking mind in the stands. And like when the, before the Javonta Williams fumble comes in, God talk about some p- 
poet, not poetic justice, but just, you know, karma in the universe or how things are perfectly balanced to play out um, to have Melvin Gordon fumble with all the fans. Oh my God, you have to play Javante there. Why? And then Javante Williams does the same thing a little bit later. Um, but running from the shotgun, especially the second time when it's already happened once, when you have third and six inches. I mean, I know that you're trying to protect Russell Wilson. With the clock at one. As the clock's yeah. winding up, I mean, take a timeout, dude. Just boom. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett, they let coaches take timeouts. Take a timeout. Get yeah. set and cram it down their freaking throats. Yeah, and uh, God, I just, the shotgun runs from goal line situations unless you have a quarterback who is like a freaking unit. Um, like if you have Josh Allen back there and you're just doing kind of a quarterback, right. not a sneak, but like a dive from that position. Delay, you know, yeah. Pick your spot, read it and go. Yes. But again, that's, that's one still straight ahead. Yes. But the how much there has to be with the timing, with the handoff and the running back not getting a full head of steam. Uh, and then, I mean, I am just, I am unbelievable um, in that one. I, I don't even know what to say. And I, again, I have everyone drank. Nick makes reference to Iowa, but the, the quarterback sneak that Iowa has been able to run the last few years is one of the best things that team has done on offense because they can get six yards a pop pretty much anytime they want with that quarterback sneak when they time it right. I know you're trying to protect Russell Wilson, but on that second one specifically, it's third and inches. You have two shots. If you want to call a shotgun play and have a pass there, God bless you. But the shotgun runs from, I mean, essentially that's what you call between the 20s. I I do not get that at all. Um, and they, the fact that they fumble both of them is just laughable, but the call itself, I what are we doing? I mean, how the the stats for shotgun runs in that situation have to be horrible compared to your other play calls that you have just from a, statistically speaking from a strategy standpoint that's one of them i already mentioned running off tackle two you know getting us going from a stop mm -hmm. at the one on short yardage going from a stop boy there's a contradiction in terms that's why it doesn't work yeah. <laughs> a standstill yeah you're, you're at a standstill when you get the ball you know i like the old power eye man you know yeah. toss and i'm catching the ball may i might be seven yards deep but by god I'm Javante Williams and I'm 240 pounds. You see what he did to Tariq Woolen on the edge? Yeah. You know, Tariq Woolen went off like he just gotten his, you know, his arm broken. The man's strong. Let him get a full head of steam. That said, going back to Javante Williams and strategy, the man had three carries for 33 yards. Okay. It's getting 10, maybe 32, give or take. Getting 10 plus yards per carry out of the outset. How does he finish with seven carries? How? How? Because you decided to start hitting them in screen passes and dump balls instead of just turn around and give them the ball? Yeah. Why, why am I going to put the ball in the air if I can just turn around and hand them and get 10 yards? And you're obviously not going to sustain 10 yards of carry. But if I'm, got, if I'm three for 33 in the first quarter, I'm not finishing with seven. I'm finishing get, with 27, dude. No way. Come on. Yeah, and I got to be real. I thought the offensive line kind of uh, threw up on itself. But how bit. would you know? You only got seven carries. Yeah, that's true. It's it seemed like there's a pretty obvious uh, drop off from in the run game specifically from Quinn Miners to Graham Glasgow with the push. And that might be it. But still, um, I'd like to have found yeah. out. I would have liked to have found out and given him more than four more freaking carries. Yeah. One of them being on the goal line in a spread option look. Yeah, Garth coming in with four ninety nine saying Nick zero and eight is ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. It's laughable at this point. Have you considered going to a Chiefs or Chargers game not involving the Broncos to cool them off? I've been to a few games where I haven't had rooting interests, but those games just kind of 
you know, doldrum. Uh, not that excited. I've been to a lot of crazy Iowa games, and I've been to a few other good uh, college games as well. But, yeah, I can't get that uh, monkey off my back. And we got Ryan Rice and Brandon Mays pisses me off, pushes for these stupid field goals. He's overrated. Uh, Scott, can you pull up that video real quick? Because I want to talk about Nathaniel Hackett's explanation as well. Uh, so, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett had the five-minute presser after the game, and apparently this was something that the Broncos had – talked about which is just join planet fitness today and get more epic energy and better sleep with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs join for one dollar down ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday october 14th it's glow time see club for details not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mind blowing uh, to me. So uh, I'll no, sir. No, nope. no. He knew we where we had to get. Uh, I thought Javante made it amazing. Uh, why I was expecting to have to go for it on that down a distance because uh, I believe we were about third and 14, third and 15. I thought Javante made an incredible play and put us in the field goal range, the mark that we were looking for. No, I was happy he got that one out of the way. I thought you know he had plenty of distance on that one and just thought that we were going to be able to make that. You know, I have confidence in him, and if we have to put him in that situation again, I think he'll be able to make it. Yeah, we were right on the line, and he had plenty of distance. You know, he he just missed it. And so, and, and again, that's, hey, Brandon gave it his best shot. I mean, that's a long field goal to hit. I think he's completely capable of that. But obviously, I wish we would have gotten a lot closer. But it put us in that weird spot there because we were in the field goal range, but we were on that fourth down situation. Um, didn't think we were going to get that many yards. So I thought it was a great job by Javante. And uh, we just made the decision. We want to take our shot there uh, on that one. Yeah, fourth and six. For me, during that time, we had been just moving it slightly. Uh, they weren't moving it with big chunks. I think we had just given up a sack right before that. Uh, so wanted to be sure that we took a chance when we had a chance. And I felt confident in, in, in him. All right. There's a there, Yesterday, you know, I, I saw in the chat that he'd do it again, given the chance. That's not quite what he said. And what you say live may not be what you mean. It's one of the things I like going back in the comments. I'm like, listen, y'all, if I say something that sounds incredibly stupid, call me out on it and I will either clarify or correct. Uh, that's not what I meant. You know, you said this guy. Yeah, I didn't mean that guy. You know, we do these live and he's live and do, being able to do that at that moment. I thought he handled himself fairly well. Um, but what he says, if we have to put him in that situation again, not I would do it again. He didn't say I would do it again. If I have to run him out there for a 64-yard field goal again, I feel confident he'll make it. Okay. Okay. That, I expect you to say that. Thank you. Not, yeah. oh, yeah, we're, you know, fourth and five. That's what we're doing again. We're not, with a minute, <laughs> with a minute left again. Um, you know, because if you convert that, all of a sudden you're in a field goal in the 50s and your, your yeah. chances of making that go are exponential. Yeah, if you're 10% on a 60-plus yarder, at best, what was your chances of converting fourth and five? Had to be better than 10%. I'll tell you that. 
I saw that last year teams that went forward on a fourth and five finished. I think it was like 49.5% of the time they converted on fourth and five. Now Hackett said it was fourth and six. That might change the numbers a little bit, but it's coin flip versus a, you know, Yahtzee or not even a, but you know, two dice, you know, needing a snake eyes on it. So the other, the other thing we were talking and, and Gary Lee's Palmer coming in with some stars on Facebook. Appreciate you, Gary, as always says, Hey, Nick and Scott, I'm disappointed. You should be, you should be disappointed. But I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They will get better. Go Broncos. Absolutely. You, there were some good things to see. Again, 400 yards of offense at Seattle with the 12th man, despite the fact that you were snapping the ball with one second left every time. I mean, you yeah. you, you, hand, you limited them to just 49 plays. There were some good defensive adjustments. The return game was for naught. You got beat on the special teams side of things, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that that was interesting, I, I saw, I'm not sure who wrote it. It may have been Luke, but there's a headline on MHH right now that says Russell Wilson doesn't have to be your best player to win. It's he might not be the best player on the team, and that's okay. As I'm watching the first half, I'm thinking, yeah, but you don't want your best player to be Andrew Beck either. You know, if he comes out and has a good game, that's fine. But my first target to a wide receiver doesn't need to be with six minutes left in the second quarter. And that was another thing I came out of this game too. man, the Broncos missed Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Um, don't think he had a single, tar- uh, he had one target, um, but not a single reception in this game. And just the lack of quality wide receiver depth that stood out. Now it's not fully KJ Hamler's fault, uh, not fully healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Seahawks were playing more of that deep two safety shell, uh, but Broncos were not able to work on areas of field because they I think the lack of wide receiver talent and tight end talent in the passing game. Um, shout out, I guess, to uh, Broncos tight ends that did do some stuff, but you mentioned it. Andrew Beck is out there getting these opportunities. It'd be really nice if that was, you know, your third round pick that you had out there or somebody else, but uh, I digress. Chief Biggs. So Andrew, no, is this isn't against, obviously this isn't against yeah. Andrew Beck. He played great. I mean, he, yeah. he, he was everything you could want in a fullback. Yeah. I just don't want my fullback to be my best player. You know, if if he's a once in a generation, you know, Zonka Moose Johnson guy, but Moose Johnson was still not the best player on the Cowboys. Yeah. He might have been 10th before you get to him. And that's a Hall of Famer we're talking about. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton looks like a mismatch out there. I want to see Cortland Sutton be used the way that the, the Seahawks used um uh DK Metcalf. You know, the the size, you know, he speed kills, size kills, you know, out there. Now Tariq Woolen has some size to match him, but if, if Russ put the ball in the right spots, it was either a catch or a pass interference. They couldn't handle him. They're, they're, they're depending on Tariq Woolen to try and uh, man up uh, Cortland Sutton. And on a decently thrown ball, it was yardage every time. Yeah, and uh, Chief Big Belly first. Biggest improvements I want to see, discipline and tackling. Good God, we had should have had three more sacks. Yeah, the uh, pass rush I thought was getting home. And Scott... Um, we want, I want to get into a little bit of positives of this game as well. And we're going to do it Garth Knight again. We already got that one. No, no, um, I'm sorry. It was green and I was clicking off and, and yeah. through through Garth again. But it's worth saying again, 0-8 is ridiculous. It really is. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a laughable at this point. Um, but uh, some positives in this game. Was really happy to see Jerry Judy out there catching the ball. Now there are a few plays in like the screen areas where guys are getting off him. Um, but uh, appreciated Jerry Judy. Um, in the past game, he had a few good plays after the catch. Uh, obviously, that touchdown, man, he just ran past everyone. Broncos need explosive plays. Um, if you're going to have a Russell Wilson offense, you're going to need to figure out how to create some explosive plays in the past game. And Judy did that, so I thought he really stood out well. Um, also, a player who a lot of people have uh, not a vendetta against, but you know, has not lived up to expectations of his draft slot. 
had a heck of a second half. I thought uh, Bradley Chubb, I know he was going up against rookie offensive tackles cross Abraham Lucas, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, man, Bradley Chubb had a good game. I cannot believe the luck of the fumbles bouncing right into those slime green jerseys uh, when they were fumbled. Cause that Bradley Chubb, I mean, he swatted the hell out of that ball and it literally just a magnet um, to the uh, offensive lineman for the Seahawks. That was a scoop and score. Would have won the game, um, but alas, sometimes it's uh, the ball did not bounce Denver, Denver's way this season or in this game. So unfortunate. But uh, Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy, two recent first round picks, both guys played like first round picks in this game. They had good ones. And Chris Hernandez, thank you for the stars coming in, heart stars, and a little bit of sadness. Uh, get that one too, Chris. Uh, but uh, but thank you so much. Um, you know, we talked about it before. It was right after, uh, who was doing it? It was Aikman. I was like, was this Aikman? Yeah, it was Aikman doing the call. Right after he said, you know, Bradley Chubb's been fairly ineffective. You know, he goes out there and he starts getting home. And that's the thing about being a pass rusher. Yeah. You can get your butt kicked all game long, but one Randy Gregory chase down fumble changes the game. One, oh God, I thought it, it, it looked like he was about to tear the arm off of Geno Smith. I mean, he had him right, yeah. right when he threw and when he got him, that that could have been really bad for Geno. Yeah. Um I thought the uh, I even thought the knockdown pass uh, uh, roughing the passer was a little soft. You probably didn't see a replay on that, Nick. Um, you know, Aikman saying helmet to helmet. I don't I don't think so because there wasn't helmet to helmet. He comes up and he butts him like this, you know, right here up the upper sternum, and he goes down. I may have called that late. It was late ish. Could have gone either way. One against the Broncos and the home game, and you know it's going to favor the quarterbacks. That's why these guys can play till they're 50 years old these days. Cause because of plays like that. But um, you know, for Chubb, not necessarily being around for two and a half corners finishes with two sacks forces a fumble. You extrapolate that over 17 games and you're talking, you know, it's not going to happen 34 sacks. That's not going to happen, but you got what you needed when you needed it. This defense stepped up. And again, um, I think it was Chief Big Belly said the, the the sacks and the tackling again. They were soft. They, they but they brought pressure that worked. Evero dialed up the perfect play at the right time that would have stopped the first play, the first touchdown, and possibly changed the game. Geno Smith made a play. Alex Singleton didn't. That's my guy. Beat your guy. Uh, as a coach, all I'm asking is I put my players in a position to succeed. He did that in the first half. Now they got to start making the plays there too. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The Chubb is definitely, if he keeps that up this season, he's going to be earning himself a lot of value and he's going to be a hot commodity. If the Broncos let him hit the open market, maybe even an auction for him. That leads me into our, another one of our sponsors today. Pristine auction.com is back with mile high huddle. Pristine auction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an a plus rating from the better business bureau. We are teaming up with them once again for on another great giveaway. Viewers can win a Peyton Manning signed frame photo. Check out our Twitter page for pics of this great piece of memorabilia to win. All you need to do is head to pristine auction.com and click the register on top of the page, or just follow the link in the podcast description. When you're registered, use our registration code Elway to be entered. And as a bonus, pristine auction will kick in an additional $10 off your first winning auction bet. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection, sign memorabilia today, and get $10 off your first item one when you use our code Elway. When you sign up, again, use pristineauction.com slash register and use the link in the show description. Just use our code Elway and get 10% off your first item one and be entered to win a Peyton Manning signed framed photograph. Drawing will be held a week from yesterday. 
Monday, September 19th. It looks like that powder blue D is getting, getting a little high there, Nick. Uh, uh, you're not yeah. going to be able to sneak that one in, but no. I'm, I'm showing here Denver Broncos, lots of good stuff on there. So thank you to Pristine Auction uh, for helping to support the show. And thanks for y'all for checking it out. I know the response has been really good uh, for, for Pristine Auction. So we're at 40. We're at 40 minutes. We still got a lot to do. I'm not in any big rush to get out of here, Nick. So we got we got plenty to still talk about. You wanted to talk some positives? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Keep going. Um, another positive, and this was one I see a lot of comments on here about the preseason stuff. I, I don't know. Let's say the Broncos have played starters playing preseason, but Bradley Chubb tears his ACL. I mean, I'd rather lose this game because you're rusty in this one matchup versus losing Bradley Chubb for the entire season. You lost the battle in week one. You haven't lost the war just yet. So uh, I don't really, I don't, I'm not putting too much credence or too much uh, weight on that, but a positive here talking about not seeing guys in preseason and then absolutely tearing it up. Number 97 on the Broncos defensive line, DJ Jones, man, he was, I had to like, I had brought my uh, really nice backpacking hunting binoculars up there. Um, and, I was like, man, 97, that number's not ringing a bell at all. Looking at it, pull up the binoculars. Oh, Jones, okay. It's not ringing a bell because I haven't seen him (laughs) wear that jersey yet out there because he didn't play in any preseason action. But DJ Jones, man, was a wrecking ball out there, uh, stopping the run, discarding guys in the interior offensive line of the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks' interior offensive line is not very good. Um, He's going to have tougher matchups ahead. But I thought he looked pretty good and um, honestly a bright light compared to the other Broncos interior defensive line who didn't stand out. Draymond Jones, a little bit quiet in this one. Mike Purcell, extremely quiet in this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kahala coming in here uh, saying DJ was great. Yeah, DJ Jones, man. Uh, if I was a, obviously Bradley Chubb's getting the game ball for me for the defense, given what he did uh, in that game. But DJ Jones was right there, uh, number two for me. Kyla, you'll have to forgive Nick and his pronunciations. Kyla. It's not his, uh, not his strong suit. But yeah, as you were talking about, that was mine, Nick, too, on the defensive side of the ball for, you know, for first quarter to fourth quarter. I thought your best player on defense on the night was DJ Jones. That's a that's a very good thing. Um, he's able to beat his man inside when he's lined up, you know, between center and guard, um, playing a little three tech. He's super quick, able to get penetration and whatever you're able to get, and then he's strong enough to hold his his to anchor his spot. Um, I think I don't know if it was him or Deshaun Williams that got called for a holding penalty. We talk about it all the time. What's your job? It's like, how do you get a holding penalty on defense? And a 3-4, your job is basically to just hold your ground, eat two blockers, and let linebackers flow. Um, linebackers, edge, et cetera. Let them flow. So sometimes they'll hold so that, that the, 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 their guard or whoever's blocking them can't get to the second level to keep their linebackers clean. So that was a problem we saw, in the, especially against uh, – who was it? The Bills. Uh, the, we were talking about, oh, the linebackers aren't making tackles. They're able to get off blocks. I'm like, well, it's hard to tell because the defensive line was so bad that they were never clean. So uh, DJ did a very good job of keeping his linebackers clean, uh, letting them be able to make plays. Uh, I thought Jonas Griffith was okay. Um, I didn't see a ton out of the, the linebacker spots. What I did see, though, on a couple – uh, crucial plays as we're talking about making adjustments is Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, and Baron Browning, one, two, and three, all in the pass rush at one time. And we've talked about that possibly being a a scheme that we could see. Why do you move him here? Why do you do that there? It's like, maybe I can get all three of these guys on the field at the same time. I drop Browning into a linebacker position, let him walk up into one of those gaps, and now he's another rusher. So that was... Uh, that was again. I, I was overall pleased with what I saw from the adjustments from the defense from a personnel standpoint. 
there wasn't a lot that concerned me over there, except like you said, maybe his Kareem Jackson looked looked a little bit old. Um, they were working the perimeters really well with big receivers, with with Lockett and you know Geno throwing a nice out ball. They weren't going over the middle too much, so Simmons was wasn't necessarily as big of a factor. So, mm-hmm. but the defense overall played well. Uh, the, the clock management and and some of the the, the uh, offense and the penalties those those were the big ones for me. And I think the Broncos, if they maybe came out a little bit too conservative, especially after that first touchdown drive. Um, I maybe would have put up the, instead of the pretty soft umbrella coverage that they were doing, maybe got a little bit more aggressive, easy for me to say, you know, Tuesday morning quarterback on this one, but I thought the Broncos run game overall looked pretty good too, but because they were playing constantly from behind this whole game, it could not lean into that. And then the play action was not as effective as well. So a little bit of a bummer. Uh, I thought you're talking about some guys, they nice to see also DJ Jones uh, debut out there. Randy Gregory too. looked, a little bit winded uh, there on the sideline, not unexpected given, you know, working his way not only to uh, back to playing in meaningful games, but action at all because he's been dealing with uh, a couple injuries there. But I think um, it's the stat here that I have is uh, five pressures on 14 pass rush snaps uh, there. And obviously he was in much more of a positive pass rush situations in the game, um, but that's nope, a pretty nope. damn good rate. They're one out of three. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Um, so uh, would be excited, excited to see how that plays. Um any other pod? Uh, Cortland Sutton also thought it had a pretty good game. Um, there were a few plays here where I guess I need to put it more on Russell Wilson than Cortland Sutton. Uh, and shout out to Tariq Woolen, fell to the fifth round in the draft for I don't know why, but he had a pretty darn good game against Cortland Sutton overall. Uh, but a few plays, especially to the left side of the field, um, quarterback left side, uh, where ball was not close um, to Cortland Sutton or any of the wide receivers, the drop pick, a few other ones where you have Cortland Sutton in a one-on-one matchup. You have your matchup, bad throws um, from uh, Russell Wilson on a few of those. And still the Broncos got yards in this game, but it's a few of them. They left, they left some meat on the bone um, there. So I mentioned PFF earlier in the show. I so it'll be interesting to see. They do have the grades out. If you're interested in those in the chat, Nick, I know you might be interested in them, but yeah. uh, a little bit of an anomaly here is the highest graded player was Quinn Miners, unfortunately, who had a, uh, just uh, 10 snaps and Andrew or 18 snaps and Andrew Beck was next with an 82 and then it drops off to 67. So there was a pretty big drop off on offense after that. Um, Andrew Beck says 10 snaps. That just doesn't feel right. It felt like he had 10 touches in the first, you know, 20 minutes of the game. Uh, I wonder if he got a little bit of a stinger or something. Again, you're running the ball with Javante Williams. You're throwing the ball to Andrew Beck, moving the ball up and down the field at will. Why, why change? You know, again, like I said, I don't, I want to target the receivers more than they did, but you know, this, this stuff was, it was working. Um, so I mentioned uh, a couple guys I, I, I wanted to see Graham Glasgow was, uh, he was a 50 on 48 snaps. And then uh, Russell Hilson wasn't very good. Garrett Bowles wasn't very good. And the other one I thought was Reisner. They gave Reisner a, a middling grade at 61 uh, which put him tied for ninth on the team. And Cushenberry was okay at 66. So of the offensive linemen, the one that they really um, shillelaid was was Graham Glasgow. And I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I thought, I think that's pretty fair for Cushenberry because, again, he was good in his assignments, but it was the communication between the two where you'd see the stunts. It was the stunts that I thought really affected the pressure on Russell Wilson. Yeah, overall, I want to give a few shout outs also to some of the Seahawks out there as well. Um, I was very impressed with uh, Cody Barton 
on uh, the Seahawks side of the ball there. The linebacker, I think he wears number 57. Um, I agree. He was flying Former around. special teams guy filling in. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I knew, and I knew the Broncos were extremely high on him uh, when he came out, drafted out of Utah, extremely intelligent player, uh, a free agent at the end of the year. So maybe somebody to store away for the uh, people who are wanting the linebacker position um, short up. Uh, but yeah, my biggest takeaway, obviously the Broncos at the end of the game was silly, but the Broncos lost this game. Penalties for sure, everything, but 0 for 4. Coming away with three points when you get the ball in the is it the 10 yard line, or the 20 yard line. Regardless. Yeah, I think they had it inside the 10 three times. Four and, times, you I know, thought. I wasn't sure if they had it all four times okay. uh, in the red, but I know it was 0 for 4 in the red zone for touchdowns. And then, I mean, shoot, 0 for 2 at the 1. Yeah. Yeah. Unbel- <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, just, uh, extremely inept um in that regard and i hated the play calling there i can't believe that they uh did two shotgun runs after the first one i don't know what's going I, on I, there. I can't stand it i'm like do not delay do not delay do not option no oh, you stop I, I say it doesn't matter who's playing um yeah. why it says fan looked all right for seattle crazy what happens when you're used to your strengths he didn't, he didn't look any better than any of the other tight ends that were out there he looked okay say. yeah so he looked okay for the broncos last year i mean he had career highs and catches and yardage um and you know, he probably had 60 catches last year, 700 yards or so. Uh, it just didn't do much. I mean, what did he have yesterday? He couldn't have been, let me see, for the box score. I, I remember one catch off the top of my head. Uh, Seattle receiving, Noah Fant, three catches for 16 yards. So, meh. You know, yeah. that's, he, he looked he looked all right. That, that's, that's about right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But former first-round pick, no. 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 That, that's not a first-rounder. Yeah, I mean, Albert Okwebenam, you know, we'll grind him to the dirt about his uh, run blocking, and he's not getting out there as much as you'd hope because he's a liability in blocking. But he made guys miss, and he was aggressive and would not be denied on a few plays after the catch. And that's just Noah Fant did not do that, man. He just I'd tip him over in timber, um, unfortunately. Glenn Hare. Well, I mean, I was, oh, sorry. I wanted to finish your point yeah, that yeah. you were making there. Not finish, but add to it. You you saw the difference on that is after that Jerry Judy, it's like, okay, some of the stereotypes here, Melvin Gordon fumbles. Okay, I'm, I'm actually willing to give him a little bit of a pass on that one because he was stopped. You know, it was fourth, fourth down, down too. He was trying to go for your it. Fourth yeah. down, what that fumble cost you was 10 yards because it was returned. Luckily, they got you know, auto playing ad going because <laughs> I had a box score open on ESPN. Thanks ESPN. I'm muted and paused you already. Won't go there today. Um, you know, he's reaching out, you know, you you're giving up ball security there because you know, you're stopped that I get that one Javante Williams fumbled because the, that one was blown in front of him. You know, yes. Hold on to the ball. I get it. You, you lose the ball on third down. You lose a chance to, to get another one, but the play was blown in front of them. Um, but after and then Jerry Judy drops one, you know, a, a second yeah. down would have been a first down, but the next play went to went to uh, Okawebanam, and boy, it was fun. I listened to the Seattle Seahawks broadcast on the radio, listen to them try and say that name, and then listen to Joe Buck try and say it. It's it's that one's not that hard, Okawebanam. No. no, that one's not that hard, but fighting for that extra yardage, you know, he was stopped dead. He was stopped cold. Uh, was able to extend for a first down. That was a big play, and that's the difference that we've seen between Okwebenam and Fant, why one of them's probably in Seattle and one of them's still catching passes for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. <sighs> Glenn Hare coming in. Morning, fellas, coming in late, but wanted to say, hey, play calling was god-awful, but I hope the Hackett learns from this. Both teams in the Super Bowl last year also own one, glass half full. Yep, season's not over. Um, this is a game, though, that it's <laughs> it could make all the difference in the world at the end of the season, unfortunately, with the margins 
in the AFC and specifically the AFC West. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, Scott, we got to start wrapping up here. Any final thoughts? Last one I say, um, this game hopefully is a Nathaniel Hackett game. I don't know what the dynamic is between Russell Wilson and Hackett. Uh, the second fumble, the Javante Williams one, the reason Glasgow got his ass handed to him on tape so much is because there was an audible call to a run look there that he couldn't hear. Um, why are we audibling on third and inches when the Seahawks fans are super loud, when that's probably going to happen? Um, I, I don't know, but uh, red zone, uh, red zone, red zone, red zone left so much meat on the bone. I mean, they just full, might as well have thrown out a perfectly good um, chicken wing on that one, uh, leaving so much meat on the bone. So red zone, that's going to be my big takeaway in this game. You cannot go over four in the red zone on the road and expect to win a game in the national football league. I guess, I guess one of the questions I have is you were able to hold them to under 55 snaps. I've seen 55. I've seen 49 offensive plays. You didn't have a Wizarike in there. And you really didn't rotate your linemen. Um, the, the, the third, the fourth most after your starters, the fourth most uh, snaps was then Purcell um, who came in. He had 25. Otherwise it was your starters. What happens when you start facing 70 snaps? You know, that was a, a bit of a surprise for me that you were light on the, in the trenches. Um, and again, at times I saw Baron Browning, uh, Chubb and Gregory on the field all at the same time which is fine if it's a passing situation, but what happens if you face a better running attack, you know, and, and you've got a team that's going to run 70 plays at you. I don't think that's sustainable, Nick. I, I think you've got to have more depth there because you got away with it last night. Cause the most, any of those guys played uh, on the defensive line. I mean, Draymond Jones played 51 snaps of, of yeah. the 55, according to PFF that, you're not going to have that few snaps all the time. If he plays 50, okay, that's a lot for a, for an interior lineman. What happens when you go 70? You, you know, you're light. Can you can, can you get away with four? Because Matt Henningsen only played three snaps. The depth on the DL could be a, could be a concern. Because we just sang the praises of the defense. Hmm. Defense did a good job. Limit the penalties. Some of those, you know, two, pers- two personal fouls, roughing the passer. Personal foul on Kareem Jackson. Those are big ones. Um but the defense overall did a really good job, held him to 17 points, shut him out in the second half. Um, but I, I want to see, I want to see a little more depth on the DL. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have to see that against the, uh, probably the 49ers of the game where we're probably going to have to see the defensive line step up, although they did lose their starting running back. So we'll see what that means. Um, but Yep. Broncos uh, squander this one. It's pretty unfortunate for the Russell Wilson homecoming, taking the ball out of his hands on a fourth and five, taking the ball out of his hands on two. I mean, and by that, I mean, not even throwing the ball, just quarterback dive. I don't know. I'm on two goal line situations and penalties, uh, missed tackles. I mean, you, you name it, the Broncos had it in this game. So uh, pretty unfortunate in that regard, but it's a, Long season, so hopefully the Broncos will figure it out. And uh, this will be hopefully a low point on the year. This will not be the Broncos' only loss, but uh, I think good times are still right around the corner in Broncos country. Luckily, Houston coming to Denver next week. I know they are, what, 2020 tie last week. Indy did everything they could to lose that game. Uh, another team that was actually horrible in the red zone. I think they were one for five or something in uh, red zone looks against the Texans. So something to work on, um, no doubt. Uh, Scott, any final words before we wrap this on up? Yeah, I want to hit Wyatt here real quick. Uh, Wyatt says, it's a long way off, but what should the Broncos do if Chubb is on pace for his best season since his rookie campaign? After one game, he is. He's got two sacks. Let's say he gets two sacks every, you know, two sacks every three games moving forward after getting two in the first game. 
16 games left, three games. You know, that ends up about 10 more. He finished with 12 sacks. Uh, the, the franchise tag is still an option. That would be really, really expensive. We're talking $25 million for a top five edge. Uh, a one-year risk. You know, can you offer him? You offer him a deal at three quarters of that. You know, I'm going to say, okay, I'll give you, you know, maybe three at 15. He'll probably turn that down. So, okay, I'm going to tag you. You know, three years 50, uh, at 45 with 30 guaranteed. So basically a two-year $30 million deal with uh, with 30 guaranteed. What does he do with that? I don't know. You don't like it. You tag him. Uh, you put a, you put the franchise tag on him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it'd be expensive, but because of how Russell Wilson's contract set up, you have a Garrett Bulls contract that is very uh, flexible uh, next season as well. Um, if Bradley Chubb has a dominant year, you tag him. And if somebody wants to give you a first round pick for that, then God bless yeah. him. We love you. Tag uh, but, trade. Uh, That's okay too. Yep. Yep. So, all right, guys. Well, Still a lot of raw emotions in this game, but guess what? One week down um, and <laughs> achy, man. You're aching me here. You can't point out the deficiency of your Broncos fan. You can point out the deficiencies, uh, no doubt. I welcome that, but uh, I think you need a little bit of sugar with some salt sometimes as well. So uh, positives and negatives. We definitely touched on the negatives in this game. A lot of things got to get better for the Broncos, um, but week one is in the books and didn't play out, but it's a long way to go just yet. Uh, I mean, gosh, I remember last year, week one, Obviously, this is the season didn't end like we hope it will this year. But last year, what was the game? What was the score of the Saints versus uh, Packers game week one last year? I don't remember. I don't remember. 45 to three. Something yeah. like it, in Green the, Bay. The, the the Saints won that game. Yeah, like 45 to three or something. Right, so absolutely we're, we're ready, insane. Ready, ready. It was it was high. Um, we're crowning the Saints champions. Yeah. So, I mean, um. Uh, yeah, no, there, again, it, it, it is. A, I say that week one every week. Tis a season to overreact, react, unless you're a Bronco, a, a Huskers fan. If you're a Nebraska Huskers fan, your reaction to fire Frost was justified. That wasn't week one. I get it. Yeah. But, uh, week zero. You know, <laughs> your, your reaction then is, uh, is a good one. So it, it is. There's, there were some things that should concern you because this is the first time you've seen them. Mm-hmm. First impression for decision making, clock management. Uh, some personnel stuff didn't leave a positive impression. Yeah, I think it's a good week for a short week. So yeah. we'll get out there, get out there on Sunday, put that one behind you, get out there full, full, uh, full crowd, full Denver Broncos crowd. You know, I saw some things last night. De- Russell Wilson shouldn't have been bothered by the noise. He's got no excuse. He's played there forever. Not when the 12s are yelling at him. He hasn't. No, it's, it's different. different. <laughs> you can walk up there and do this and, you know, and, and calm the crowd and get your calls off. But still, that's no excuse for running it down the uh, running down the clock on every single freaking play. You're snapping it at one, but you try you didn't play with the lead the whole game. Why are you playing kill the clock? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, coming in here, and here comes the, Nosh saying the same yeah. thing. I'm just ranting on that, Nosh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, brothers, just joined. Thank you so much, 1999, Nosh. That helps a lot. Stick to my stomach. Issues with getting plays in. Thoughts on what the locker room is thinking right now. Hackett is the joke of the league. Yeah, God, I said that earlier in the show. I am. Very upset that uh, both my teams right now are essentially the biggest jokes in football right now, or like some of the biggest punchlines. The Iowa Hawkeye offense. Um, I don't know if you follow Big Game Sooner on Twitter. He's like a fun fan account that does college football stuff. But man, he, here's a picture of every team that scored more touchdowns than Iowa. It's every team in college football, like every single logo. <sighs> but now you have Nathaniel Hackett's uh, being memed. I think there's a Twitter account called biggest sports idiot of the week. And Nathaniel Hackett was dubbed that he's the profile picture of that account with him just looking perplexed going for a 64 yard field goal. I don't get it. Um, but 
wanted to touch on one thing here that we didn't get to today. Uh, real quick, I want to hit the Naj on Naj real quick. Biggest joke of the league. You know what? You want to see one of the differences is, is after a loss, after a bad loss, is how Nathaniel Hackett acts and how this guy acts. And it's the same, guys. This is the same team. You guys wrote our obituary uh, back in, in May, and you'll continue to write our obituary. Who cares? So write whatever you all want. The same guys that be, you guys ranked as 45th, you buried us in May. Bury us again. We don't care. We'll get back to work. Thank you. <laughs> that was one of the bigger jokes in the league, and, and maybe just because it's an old joke, you know, blowing a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, I, I thought he handled himself well for the most part in the press conference. Better in the press room than he did on the field. Yeah, that's um, not what you want, though. I'd rather have it be. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But, yeah. again, two embarrassing losses. And one guy you still would kind of like to root for and one guy you're like, dude, stop being such an a-hole. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I wanted to get to here, I know we're already running long, but not very often you, we Naj. get to react to wake one, week one. But Naj, um, did you think, so the calls coming in here, issues with getting the plays in. There's multiple things here and we're not going to, unless somebody asks and it doesn't mean we're going to get a straight answer. Um, but the fact that they were giving Russell Wilson credence to call audibles on third and inches um, in the twelves when it's just blaring in there. Um, I'm wondering how much of it is issues getting the plays in versus issues with Russell Wilson trying to maximize the play clock, uh, play clock and deal with everything uh, there as well. And not really maybe a little bit of hubris in how much he can correct and whatnot in that time period. Cause it, it's probably a little bit of both. That's where the truth kind of typically falls, but I, I'm curious. It could be, who knows? Uh, but I think, People are like, oh, Hackett's getting the play call in too late. Maybe, but it might also be Russell Wilson pushing it to the very end. Yeah, there's again, there's plenty of blame to go around. They did, they did ask uh, Hackett about it in the press conference yesterday, and he says, you know, it's something we've got to fix. Well, yeah, it does. You know, it was it was obvious. It was a problem. The one delay of game penalty that isn't planned. You know, sometimes you take delay on purpose, um, but one one is too many. Two in a series is ridiculous, and the fact that it could have been ten is unbelievable that i mean that for me of all the things that i that we've talked about the 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 offensive plays running down the clock to zero a dozen times is the biggest problem for me and that yeah. should be fixable that should be i can i can get better communication between my center and my guard to help pick up stunts i can do that i can tell kareem jackson i think to cool it and you know not go head hunting um against somebody in, in the back i can Tell Bradley Chubb to pull off a little bit. Uh, I can give the ball to Javante Williams more than four times after he's averaging 10 yards a carry. I can target my receivers more than one time in the first half of a freaking football game. I can do all those things. The bigger one for me is the play clock. It's getting those plays in and getting the execution. Yeah. Ah, so many what ifs, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Um, but as uh, Gatorade says, Seattle didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. Seattle didn't beat themselves as it well. Counts. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, there's no style points in football. Uh, Broncos have a lot to work on, but it's a lot of correctable stuff. This is a talented team. Um, so don't uh, bury this team just yet. Going to be a lot of fun football ahead. And uh, we're going to get ourselves on the right track here uh, with the Houston Texans. I have little doubt in that one with the Broncos homecoming there. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you to everybody for coming in and inventing and hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Make sure that you're joining Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. 
Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And of course, as the ticker shows underneath there, subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, click that bell icon so that way you know when we go live. And also, I want to give a shout out to our our presenting coffee uh patrick coming in here thank you so much uh good morning still was more exciting yeah it was an exciting game if i had no uh horses uh pun intended uh for the in this game would have been fun uh but alas only misery and uh not to make it all about me on the way out oh and eight in games live (laughs) scott how is that possible oh and eight i just i'm dumbfounded as you've heard me say a bunch of times it's it's almost statistically impossible yeah. It really is. I mean, I I think you were an Atlanta fan for God's sakes. <laughs> Bad juju. So guys, um, all uphill from here. We appreciate you. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Thank you to our sponsors, Pristine Auction, Manscaped, and uh, the one that you read, Scott. Um, Pristine Auctions and Jeremy. The 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 you know tacos being sarcastic. That's the uh, those are the sarcastic emotions there. Just kidding. Some yeah. you should get off the wagon. So tacos just saying, you know. Chill, everybody. Chill, everybody. It's it's a long season. Again, hopefully you're looking back at this. You're, you're sitting at 10 and 5, you know, 9 and 4, whatever it is coming up. This this can all go away in a week. Yep. It won't go away completely, but it can all feel much better in a week. 1 and 1. Should have been 2 and 0. Oh. Yeah. Keep playing. Take care of it. Yep. And our other sponsor, uh, MyBookie. That was the one. Um, so they're all hit the YouTube link. And, and if you're listening afterwards, make sure you're checking out the description because all of those things, you get 20% off, you get double your money. Um, you get, you get uh, a credit towards it at pristine auctions. All of those things that you, you might be interested in from this show, you can get some credit for it. And it helps us too, yeah. of course. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, Owen one, but uh, Broncos football is back and, all uphill from here. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys again live tonight with Carl on building the Broncos. Uh, still a lot to talk about and it'll be fun to hear Carl's um, reaction to this as well. Uh, but until then, make sure you guys are choosing kindness and compassion uh, and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 